The following is a broadcast service of Kentucky Wesleyan College and WKWC 90.3 FM. Welcome to the Wesleyan Airway, a show where we get to meet a wide variety of people and just have a plethora of very interesting topics. And I am humbled today to have Doug Hoyt, the chief executive officer of Wendell Foster, on with me today. And given his schedule, I'm not sure how he does it, but I am so grateful to have him here. Doug, thank you so much for being on the show. Well, thank you for letting me be here. You know, I, I'd love to be able to tell the Wendell Foster story any chance I get, but mm-hmm. being affiliated with Kentucky Wesleyan, I especially like to have the opportunity to come back and maybe share a few of those insights as well. Well, and what I was going to tell everybody is that I know you, one, as a wonderful individual, uh, and two, as a member of our alumni board of trustees who's who's done just a, a terrific job. And, and three, a CEO of, of Wendell Foster. And what I would like, if you would not mind, we'll do this kind of two prongs, if you, if you don't mind. Tell us a little bit about your background and your connection with KWC. And then I would like for people to know more about Wendell Foster and all the wonderful work that is taking place over in that area. Outstanding. Uh, so my affiliation with Owensboro and Kentucky Wesleyan started at the same time, and that was in 1980. Uh, I'm originally from northeastern Ohio, uh, up beyond Cleveland. Mm-hmm. We refer to it as the mistake on the lake. Uh, <laughs> sometimes known as Ohio's sharpest corner. If you look at it, the northeast corner, it's a point. Uh, but I came to Kentucky Wesleyan in 1980 uh, because of a postcard. Kentucky Wesleyan was doing mailers at that time. Of course, there was no internet. There was none of that. For so. our younger viewers, a postcard <laughs> is a non-digital version of what you receive on your phone right now. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, that's exactly right. And and sometimes I forget that and have to uh, remind myself that, you know, and, and, and so... Let me pause there and jump ahead because one of the other things that I do and I absolutely love doing is I am an adjunct uh, faculty member here, uh, teach principles of sociology. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that I teach those the students all the time is the differences, the evolution that's occurred in just a very short period of time uh, with the cell phone and technology. Uh, the world has changed so dramatically in the last 20 years, yes. not to mention 40 and 50 and 60 years. Well, it's amazing you mentioned 1980. In 1980, there were, and I don't know why I remember this number, I, I had to give a talk somewhere, there were 1,239 different items globally attached to the internet, globally. And today, there are close to 50 billion yes, different it's items. <laughs> so, it's, it's amazing. Yes. And, and, and that's how our lives are, too. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's magnitudes of what it used to be. And so in any event, you know, back in those uh, archaic days, the postcard <laughs> days, Kentucky Wesleyan sent me a postcard and said, hey, we'd like you to come visit and uh, talk to us about coming here. And, and I did, and I fell in love with Owensboro and the campus. And uh, I had been looking at places like Ohio State, which... Mm-hmm be honest, is about the same size as the entire city of Owensboro. Um, And I didn't want that. That was not my experience uh, that that I was interested in. So Kentucky Wesleyan 
fit. It fit me for the time I needed to be out of the house and out of college and uh, someplace that I could begin growing up. Mm-hmm. And so I did that. And uh, I've told many people that, <clears throat> excuse me, Kentucky Wesleyan has become part of my DNA. Uh, it, well, that's it, great to hear. You know, it just, it, 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 it's such a, a wonderful experience. Um, there, there was lots of opportunity to get to know other students, get to know faculty, get to know staff, get to know the community, the campus, uh, be involved. Uh, Let me dig in a little bit on, yeah. on that aspect. With COVID, we have students who are showing up who, truthfully, for their last year and a half of high school, were unable to interact, were unable right. to be involved. And 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 two years ago, for our students who came in as first years during COVID, they also did not get that chance. So you, when you say you came in and you got involved and, and you were able to interact, what did you do? Well, so... You know, I joined a fraternity. Mm-hmm. I was a SIG up. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I, I was involved with uh, intramural sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, back then, it was the period of time that the football team was not back yet. Okay. Um, it returned in 83, 84, which would have been my senior year. Um, I had played some football in high school, but chose not to in college. Um, I was involved in, believe it or not, the radio station back then. Nice. I, that was back in the days when you had to apply to the FCC for a license to even be on the air. And I still have that license, by the way. So you could be uh, on the air. I, I could be on the air. With yeah. your own station. I mean, you're on the air now, yeah. but you could be on the yeah. air with your own station. Absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. And uh, we, we may need to talk more. So, <laughs> so you know, I, 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 I was a DJ on the, uh, the station then, uh, played a little different music, a little different content at the time. What did you play at the time? It was mostly classical. Really? Yeah. Okay. It was uh, not... Um, it didn't have the uh, most listenership. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, but it was a loyal listenership. But, but it was it was a fun experience to be able to do and to become involved. That's and, great. Um, yeah, you know, so it, it it was also a time that uh, uh, you you could make some friendships. You mm-hmm. know, um, <clears throat> there was. The campus was small enough and still is that, you know, you can be friends with baseball players or basketball players or uh, people who just focus on academics. And and it was okay. Yeah. You know, it was just okay. And uh, so that's that's the kinds of things that that we became involved in i uh kind of grew at the uh, fraternity um uh, eventually became president of the fraternity and so that gave me opportunities to be involved in the philanthropic arm of mm-hmm. the fraternity uh, go to the national conference and you know do some so you really create connections well beyond as you said this is a small campus which is one of the reasons i love it you get to know everybody Mm -hmm. but your connections went global no question about it uh you know i had the opportunity to travel to chicago downtown chicago first time i'd ever been there and meet people from all over the world that were involved in the uh, fraternity and ultimately involved back in the college campus community which is just a great thing. And I, I think some 
students before they, they think they have to go to a large institution to have those connections. And that really is almost the opposite. When you're here, you're put into a leadership position much more quickly and much more efficiently than if you're at a larger institution. So I think that is not just true uh, out of class, but I think that's true in class as well. Okay. Um, some of the classes in a freshman year were larger, um, but by larger, I'm going to say 20 to 25 yes. students. Um, <clears throat> as you, you then go through your college years, they're much smaller, and it might be five to ten students in that class and so it gives you the opportunity for that more one-on-one experience but you get to be um, almost a leader in the classroom as well right because it's uh, it's more uh, you interact more with the professors you become friends in some situations with the professors mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I was a dual major political science and sociology my advisor was Lee Du um, I ended up being friends with Lee until the day he passed away and uh, go to church with his uh, widow today uh, and, and so uh, you you get to grow in a different way in a smaller campus setting than I think you might grow in a very large Ohio State-ish type setting. Yeah, and I don't want to detract from a large school. I, I, I'm not trying to debase them in any ma- method, but I think what, one of the things you said, you become friends with your professors, and, and it's not what you get to see close up is the joy and love that they have for learning. And that that wears off on you. And, and you then pick up that joy and that love. And you realize that it's not, that, that learning isn't something you do just inside the classroom, that it's something you do every day of your life for the entire 24 hours. That's precisely correct. Learning is not just what you learn in books or from testing or even from the classroom setting from the professor. Uh, I I learned so much more drinking a cup of coffee with Lee. I'm glad you said cup of coffee. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, you know, things are still... You know, I mean, they weren't legal then. They're not legal now, right? I mean, come on. Well, actually, in South Dakota, they were back then. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I learned as much uh, sitting, drinking that cup of coffee as I did in that classroom. You know, I can read a book and learn what's in that book, but I can't learn what's in his head. Right. Unless I sit down and have a conversation with him or her or whomever that happened to be. And I had a lot of those conversations. Well, and a book is one angle. Absolutely. When you're talking to somebody, you get multiple angles, and and then you sort of twist your own thought processes on the same way. I I want to switch gears a little bit, and you have been CEO of of, of Wendell Foster now for a little over two years, right? About almost two and a half. Years. So I still think of you the brand new CEO. I do too, and and because of COVID and what's going on, but but you've already done such wonderful things over there. Explain to us what you do at Wendell Foster and what 
it does as an entity. So Wendell Foster <clears throat> is uh, a nonprofit that uh, serves people with disabilities. Mm-hmm. Located in Owensboro, serves people primarily in Owensboro and surrounding counties. Uh, we Our footprint is about 34 counties in this area. Uh, however, we serve people that are on referral basis from as far away as Cincinnati and Louisville, Lexington. But we have uh, a vertical integration of services to people with disabilities from more severe to less severe. We have uh, people that live with us and call Wendell Foster home. Okay. Uh, We'll have over 100 people that live in that environment. Some have more medical challenges than others. Some more severely disabled than others. Mm -hmm. Um, Some quite independent, but Mm -hmm. yet they still have uh, some... A diagnosis that is an intellectual or developmental disability, um, and they need some level of support, whether that be <clears throat> nursing support, medical support, or just maybe assistance with uh, going to the grocery and helping make decisions on mm-hmm. a daily basis. One of our other areas uh, is a therapy. We have outpatient therapy. We see many hundreds of folks uh, on a, a regular basis, and we have professional speech therapists, physical therapists, and occupational therapists. Uh, one of the things that I think is absolutely one of the coolest things that we do is an assistive technology center. And in that assistive technology center, you might think of it as uh, switches and other devices that uh, help people function the way you and I would function. Uh, So, for example, we have uh, a Monopoly game that we have that is um, equipped with switches so somebody with a disability can play Monopoly just like you and I might play normally. Uh, We have Nerf guns that are equipped with devices that allow a person with a disability to use those Nerf guns and have a Nerf gun fight. Uh, it's like we park. used to do, right? Just like yes. we do, yeah. right? I mean, I still do it with my grandkids, <laughs> to be honest with you. Uh, but, and, and you would do it anyway. And I, yeah, yeah, you know, and I don't win ever, but, you know, we still play. But uh, this assistive technology center has um, all of these devices, these games, these toys. It also has durable medical equipment. Uh, much of this equipment is very, very expensive, thousands of dollars for a piece of equipment and if you think about um, you know when children are young uh, they might use something for a very short period of time and then they outgrow it sure well the same is true for these medical pieces of medical equipment that they outgrow and then they have to buy another one for thousands of more dollars yeah. and so this equipment is all available for people to use and everything that i'm talking about in our assistive development uh, assistive technology department is all free we don't charge anything for any of this and that we, is amazing we ship it statewide um, and and people can use it and and it's almost a try before you buy so you know you want it you know you need it you know it works mm-hmm. before you spend the money or have to 
haggle with insurance to get them to cover it. Uh, if if you or anybody, say, had a, a knee replacement or hip replacement and you had the need for a ramp at your home for three months, uh, you, we have portable ramps that we lend you for free for the length of time that you need them. You get done with them, you bring them back. We clean them up and rent them or uh, give them to the next guy, loan them. We don't charge anything for any of those services. It's a hidden gem that no, almost nobody knows about. Well, and until I met you, I did not know about it. And and so you're right, it is very much a hidden gem. And how important those services are just, it's amazing that we have those opportunities to take advantage of, of what it is you do. How did you get interested in Wendell Foster? How did you, what attracted you? I mean, I understand what you're doing is so noble. That That is Thank an attraction. You. But with all the different pathways people take, what led you to want to foster? So, you know, that's a a very, very interesting story um, that goes back many, many years. My wife, Brenda, is a uh, uh, works in the school system. Today, she works in the city school system at Newton Parish. Previously, she had worked at Burns Elementary for a number of years. She's a teacher assistant and had been at Burns. 15 or 16 years and all but one of those years had was with special needs classes and so she was a teacher in special needs classes and part of what they did every year multiple times a year is they would take uh, a, a bus and load the children on the bus and they would come to Wendell Foster and play in the park we have at wendell foster we have a fully handicap accessible sensory park that's nice. outdoors and anybody it's open to the public okay you know just respect it that's all we ask um and she would do that year in and year out and she'd talk about wendell foster and i would i don't know anything about wendell foster but like <laughs> many i said oh yeah i know what you're talking about because i drive by triplet street or ninth street and i see wendell foster and i say oh yeah that's wendell foster <laughs> right. and i know nothing about it I I know it's there and she would do that and and we would talk about it and um in 2016 i had the opportunity um to run for mayor of Owensboro. okay and one uh campaign event was uh, an invitation to all candidates to go to Wendell Foster, and they had a concert by the Owensboro Symphony, a small group of the Owensboro Symphony, in the park, and I was invited, along with other candidates, to go and uh, listen to this concert and meet and greet, basically, Mm -hmm. campaign. So I did that, and lo and behold, um, I'm sitting with Brenda on the bench, and we're listening to the music, and this guy walks up to me, and it happens to be uh, uh, the vice chairman of the board mm-hmm. of Wendell Foster. And uh, I had known him, but not very well. And so we became acquainted. And he said at that time, you know, if you ever like to take a tour of our facilities, let me know. Well, I reached out and took advantage of that quickly because I was campaigning and wanted votes. Right? <laughs> so, um, but I was also interested. I've been intrigued because of what Brenda had been talking about for years and years. So, I scheduled that tour a couple of weeks later. I went on the tour with the then CEO and this fellow, the vice chair, and another staff member, um, and just fell in love with everything. I mean, it it is such an amazing place with amazing people, and that's the 
best word I can use to describe it because it is truly amazing. Uh, and a, a few months later, the same fellow said, uh, would you have an interest in becoming part of our board? I said, absolutely. Nice. I, I, that was an easy, mm-hmm. easy answer. Mm-hmm. So I, beca- I became a member of the board, first a member of a, a committee on the board, a community member, and then joined the board as a member um, and served in that capacity for about three years until uh, the CEO left. And uh, a couple of the members approached me and said, we'd really like for you to consider applying for this job. And I was honored that yes, they would ask yeah. that and feel that way. And so I did, and uh, they the gave rest it to you. is here we are. Well, I will tell you, I have nothing, nothing against politics, but what you're doing now is much more noble than, than going into <laughs> into the politics. So thank you. And, 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 and Doug, I, I'm supposed to keep these shows to about 15 minutes. We're about seven minutes over because you've been extremely interesting today. I always give my guest the chance to say the last word before we sign off. So would you like to give the last word? Tom, I think uh, the best thing I can say is that um, the, the core, the essence of what I am is, is uh, a result of Kentucky Wesleyan, uh, the education, the relationships, the, uh, the, the fundamentals. Uh, I've joked many times that Kentucky Wesleyan taught me two things. It taught me first how much I don't know. <laughs> but it then, and more importantly, taught me how to find it, yes. how to find those answers. Yeah. And so I have spent the rest of my life and my career finding answers and um, exploring life. And it's largely due to the foundation that Kentucky Wesleyan gave me. So I'm extremely grateful for that. I'm extremely grateful for the opportunity to be ending my career uh, hopefully in a few years um, <laughs> at an amazing place like Wendell Foster and having the ability to tie those two together just is phenomenal to me. And that is amazing. So Doug Hoyt, thank you very much. We've just scraped the very tip of the person who you are. I'd love to have you back on the show. If you're, if you're amenable to that, we'll find a Absolutely. time to do that. And for you out there, be kind to others and most importantly, be kind to yourself. Have a great day. The proceeding was a broadcast service of Kentucky Wesleyan College and WKWC. Cannot be reproduced, rebroadcast, or recorded without written permission by the show's host, WKWC, or Kentucky Wesleyan College.